Biolog is connection, conversation, community. We believe life is better when we are connecting through relationships. Thank you for joining us. Today, I would like to talk about little by little. If I'm honest, I can say that 2020 was an awesome year. It doesn't mean that it was without its hiccups, but the major hiccup for me was not being able to move in the way that I was able to previously. And by that, I mean, usually if I have a goal in mind, I can get pretty much right on it. I can move things out of the way to make room for what I know I need to do, the time that I know that I need to take to accomplish what I need to accomplish. And it's pretty easy. But last year, I just found myself in in places or situations where I wasn't able to do that. And I knew that I needed to kind of separate from certain things in order to accomplish the bigger picture of what I had in mind. So I had my vision in place from the end of uh, 2019 and walking into 2020, I rested a little bit for the first uh, couple months and then I was ready to get moving on, you know, the plan that I had to accomplish in 2020. And basically, that plan was more time with my children, starting to school my two youngest at that time, and um, taking more time for myself, intentional resting, um, doing more of the things that I love, like photography and art, getting back into artwork and cooking more and you know, spending more time outside, going to parks, going to the zoos and different things, just spending time together as a family, playing games. You know, we have a lot of board games, a lot. I mean, I believe we have like 50. And so, and just doing things like that, sitting and intentionally playing with my children, reading with them, not just, you know, okay, we're doing schoolwork because I'm a homeschool mom. But, you know, taking time outside of schoolwork and just, you know, coloring or playing a game or reading, watching a show, watching a movie, just sitting and watching a movie together. And so, you know, spending more one-on-one time and one-on-one time with each of them as well. And also with my animals, I spending more time with my dogs and, you know, taking the family out on the trail for walks with the dogs and, um, you know, in around the neighborhood for, you know, walks and just, you know, playing outside in the little kiddie pool and things like that. But then, of course, came the pandemic. And what ended up happening is I ended up putting myself in a position to help an organization who was not at all online. And of course, as you know, for 2020, if you were going to be, uh, I guess, still in the position of being progressive or relevant, <laughs> you had to shift if you hadn't already and who hasn't, but some people didn't um, shift to being online and digital presence versus 
physical presence because of course that, you know, was something that we could not really do. And so I stepped in to help them. And it was interesting because I had, I've been telling them for years, you know, you need to go digital and stuff, but they didn't want to. Um, it's just a generational, um, uh, thing there. And so, and they saw the need for it, of course. And so jumped right in to do that. But because I, you know, we're talking about, um, an older generation. And so, you know, they're not too into the technology. They still read physical books and stuff like that. But, um, so being, I had to kind of be the one to kind of help them in that manner. And so it was very time consuming. And so I didn't think it was going to be that long. I mean, as everybody probably thought, this isn't going to, you know, be for very long, but here we are 10 months later. <laughs> and so, and so as time went on, I realized, wow, because pretty much I had put a lot of things on hold to be available in the manner that was needed. And so a lot of things that I wanted to do, like the things I mentioned a few minutes ago, I was not able to do. And it was a struggle for me because, for instance, I realized that we had a lake not too far from us. So I wanted to take my kids to the lake. Um, the water was interesting. I wouldn't go in there to swim, but, uh, but you know, you know, people do. And we are not, you know, we're like a hour and a half away from the closest beach. And that was another thing I've realized uh, from another um, mom that the beach in uh, nearest to us was not too far. It was actually an hour, about an hour and a half drive. And so, well, depending if there was no traffic, it was an hour and 15 minutes. If there was traffic, which there usually is at the time I would go, which would be during the day, it was about an hour. It could be an hour and a half or maybe, maybe even a little longer, but not more than two hours, but it could reach to two hours, including traffic. And so I was like, well, that's not bad. We can take a day trip and just go down there and, you know, spend time on the beach. I got buckets, you know, for them to do sand stuff with. Cause I wasn't sure if I was going to let them in the water because I wasn't sure as to the, um, like how the water was. Like I know when I'm at home, uh, you know, going to Megan's, it's not very rough and it's gradually deep. So, you know, you can play at the shallow end and you can be in for a little without it being too deep. So that would be fine. But I had never been to this beach and this is not the same ocean. So I didn't know if it was rough or so I didn't know that I was going to let them in, but we could at least go and check it out and be in the sand and even put our feet in the water. And so I wanted to do that. And never got there. And so there were like a lot of disappointments like that because I wanted to be free to do the things that I had intended. But more pressing was being of assistance in this time of need to this organization. And then I, you know, as time went on, I, I tried, you know, to kind of you know, disengage myself because I felt that there were now people that could kind of help them, but then that turned out not to be the case. And so I was still involved. And then we started to come into cold weather season, which is in the fall. And I kind of go into hibernation at that point because I'm not about the cold weather. So in that case, it was disappointing because a lot of things, as I said, that I wanted to do, I just 
and really didn't do it in anywhere near the capacity that I wanted to. So I felt disappointed about that. And then I'm like, okay, so going into the new year, I'm going to change that. You know, I'm going back, you know, to the plan that I had and we're going to do these things. And I realized though that I still couldn't disengage myself from helping. And so I had to, I, I guess, kind of acknowledge that I'm not able to kind of shift as quickly as I had before. Because if I did, it would pretty much be mean that I would say, okay, you're on your own and I'm going over here to do this, knowing that my help was still needed and there was not somebody present yet that can kind of take that baton and go with it so that I can then go back to um, what it is that I wanted to do. And so I expected that walking into the new year that I'll be walking in more free and able to really focus on that vision that I had written down in my head from the previous year and instead ended up walking into the year kind of in the same place, not fully, but kind of because I wasn't as free as I desired to be. And so I wanted to talk about little by little because sometimes we want things to happen, you know, quickly. We want to shift, we want to move, but we don't want to move and shift so quickly that we're leaving damage behind of us. And so we have to be mindful about who we are connected to, who is connected to us as we are moving and shifting. Um, I can say the same um, regarding uh as I mentioned in the previous podcast, I, we were matched with a little girl and, um, to adopt. And so she joined us about three, four weeks ago. Yep. Just about four weeks ago. And I had to move a bit slowly when she came physically to us. Because just recognizing my children's um, past, you know, three of them, two of them, sorry. Three of them. <laughs> See, I have to count now. That's how you know you have a lot of kids when you have to stop and be like, okay, how many? <laughs> three of them. Um, their past and the things that are triggers for them. So there were there are things that come with, you know, adopting a child. And one of the things is, you know, uh, people coming into your home to do, you know, to visit and see how things are going and check on the child. And you have to do that for a period of time before you can even start the process. Um, you do that for six months and then they start the process of the, you know, additional paperwork and getting everything finalized for the transition, um, for the legalities of um, them being yours to commence. And so... That's one of the things that is a trigger for my kids. I mean, for three of them, because their first two years was, you know, fraught with moves and changes and just different things in a way the moves happen. And so when someone comes to the house, to them, it's not like, hey, it's well, to my son, it is because he's not one of the three that I mentioned, but my three girls, um, they came to me at about 
you know, one came to me at two, about a week, two weeks after turning two and two came to me two weeks before turning two. So, and they all had multiple moves and the moves happened suddenly. One minute they were here and, you know, going about their lives the way that they knew it. The next minute, you know, someone's picking them up and they're now in another place that they know nothing of and they never see where they were or who they were with again. And so, of course, that takes a toll on a young mind. Um, that would take a toll on an adult mind. So imagine a young mind that's still developing. So there are certain triggers and those triggers recreate certain behaviors. And so the, it, the, doing this during the pandemic has been a blessing because, of course, we're still social distancing. So um, that is limited. And so um, and that has been a blessing. Um, so we can kind of mitigate that as much as possible. And so that they don't really know the back end of what's going on because they're not exposed to that. I'm able to maneuver things in such a way like when they do need to come into the home, it's during downtime for them. And so they don't even know that there's someone here. Um, and so just being able to mitigate that has, has been a blessing. Um, and so... That in itself had had to be little by little because I knew that would be an adjustment. Um, the child, you know, had a, a difficult birth experience. And so that results in, you know, certain things. And, and so that would be an adjustment for the family. Um, and so being able to be in a place of, you know, quiet and familiarity and not you know, going here, going there, doing this and doing that actually has been a blessing in the transition to a family of six. And so that was another little by little experience, but that was something that I expected. Um, the experience that I was talking about at first, but as far as being able to move into certain things and get more back into the things that I enjoy doing, um, I realized that I kind of have to go about that a different way. I asked God, like, what can I let go of? Because I didn't see that there was anything that I could feasibly let go of. And then came an actual, well, there was one thing that I thought that we could, I could let go of that would be beneficial. But then I realized, well, how am I going to do that? Because here's the thing about me. <laughs> I like, I love to help people. And I know that, I mean, God has placed many gifts in me and it's like, I know it's stuff that he has placed in me supernaturally because it's not things that I went to school for or, you know, or anything, but it's just things that I do and that I know. And it just comes out. And so because of that, I intend and intentionally look for areas in which I can bless others with these gifts that God has placed in me. Because I know it's not for me. And so I, you know, when an opportunity comes up that I can use these gifts, I do so. And then when I do that and I'm needed, then I stay because unless there's someone else that can then take my place, my intention usually is to be there for a season. I could help get you to the point that you need to be. And then let's 
have someone take over from there because now we have established a foundation and we could have somebody take the helm from there and carry you the rest of the way. But then it has to be somebody that, you know, has uh, solid ethics, solid values and, you know, is loyal, which we don't really find a lot. So a lot of people, they go into a position and when it suits them, then great. And then the minute it doesn't suit them, then they're out. And it's kind of something, you know, that you kind of find prevalent. Um, and it's it's just been interesting to see that because I, I don't know. I mean, I can't say that that's the way that I grew up, but just as far as the mindset of being there and being present and being, and when I say loyal, I mean, you know, not, okay, this isn't suiting me anymore. I'm gone. I don't care if it's leaving you in the lurch. I don't care. You know, this is an opportunity over here. So I'm just going to drop you and I'm going to go over here. I just have never, ever had that mindset. So to me, it's always so surprising to see when people do that. And so my thing is, if I'm going to excuse myself from this position, then I'm going to excuse myself from this position to hand the wheel over to someone who is of that like mind that I know that you're in good hands. I don't have to be concerned that they're going to be there one minute and the next minute you're going to be in a lurch. And then because then I'm going to feel like I have to come back to the wheel to guide, you know, that until we can find someone else. And so that is how I am. That's just how I am. <laughs> so that trait of mine <laughs> is what kind of has me in this position. But so I'm like, okay. But as I said, there was a situation um, that presented itself where I was able to separate um, from an obligation. I wanted to separate. They actually wanted to separate, not because we weren't like we didn't want to be, you know, connected to each other, but because they were growing and I had only, my only intent was to be there during a certain period. My intent was not to grow with them. My intent was I would be here during this period. And then when they started to grow and need more, then that would need to transition to someone else because this is something that I'm doing really, you know, as, you know, to make a living, you know, not a career. <laughs> so to me, I'm here for this. And then once you grow, then, and that has happened before, you know, I have clients, they, you know, at a certain level, then they start to grow and expand. And I am not interested in growing and expanding with them. Because as I said, to me, it's not a career. It's not my business. It's a, um, it's a position that I'm holding to support their business. And then as they start to grow and they need more, from my position, then at that time, they need to fill that position with someone else. Because this is, as I said, not something that I am intending to grow in. Because I have other areas that are more important to me. This area is a support to me, but it's not a a part of me. And I think in times in our life, we need to realize that whether it be people, whether it be jobs, whether it be positions that we hold, opportunities that we're in, we need to realize, is this meant to be a part of me? 
is this for a season or is this meant to be a part of me as far as continual growth or is this supposed to be part of me kind of not permanently as in forever, but for a long period of time. And so for me, as I said, that was seasonal. Now, how long the season would be? I don't know. But as long as we're in this place, I'm good until I feel that I need to shift or you feel that you need to shift because it wasn't that they didn't ask me. I said, I'm not interested in that. And so when they came to me and they were apologetic and, you know, they just didn't want to leave me in the lurch. And I said, it's okay. I said, it's okay because I understand, you know, this, you have grown and so you need, you know, more support. And I am not able nor interested in giving that support because, you know, my priority are my kids and being a, you know, I'm a stay at home mom. I homeschool my kids and that's my priority. So I'm not willing to take time from that to put more time towards this. And so it's fine. Absolutely fine. I understand. And yes, you can go ahead and find somebody to fill this spot. That is absolutely, absolutely fine. And I even said that I expected that that would happen because I expected that your business would grow. So that was my expectation the whole time. You know, if you have a business, you expect it to grow. And I knew that my place was for a season. And so when that season ended, then I knew it was time to move on. And so, uh, so that ended up working out because that was an area that really took a lot of my time and I wanted to shift. They wanted to shift. And so, um, and so they had asked me to be more involved and I had, you know, kind of said, well, I could in this way. Um, but then it just never happened. And I realized that, you know, I, I, re, you know, this shift is going to need to happen pretty soon because it's like a struggle between, okay, put my time over here or put my time over there. And it was really taking time away from the uh, things that were a priority to me. And so that with that in place prior to just before coming into the new year, I'm like, okay, great. So that's one thing because I have, you know, in my mind, the things that need to shift, the things that I kind of need to separate from to really fully be able to walk in what I know that I am to be doing in this season in my life. But as I said, normally I am used to things happening more quickly, but this has been happening very slowly. And so to come to, you know, the realization of, okay, it's not happening as quickly as I would like, but that doesn't mean to stop and be like, okay, it's not happening. I'm just going to keep trudging on, but still move forward with that vision in mind but just acknowledge that it's not happening as quickly as I would like. And that could be in so many things. Sometimes we ask God for something and we wanted him to do it quickly. We want a miracle a suddenly, you know, but sometimes it's a process. It's progress in those things. Sometimes it's like you ask to God to be healed of something or, you know, you pray for, you know, certain things for your children and, it's, it doesn't happen suddenly and it's like day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, you're walking it through and then you realize that, hmm, 
this is different than a month ago or this behavior that was happening that I always expected to happen, trusting God that it would change. But, you know, of course, with the reality that it hasn't changed yet. And so you have your expectations of, okay, this happens, then this is going to happen. This is going to be the behavior. This is going to be the response. And then you realize that that response isn't happening. It's a, it was a gradual thing. And then you realize that, wait a minute, that's not happening. And you're like, wow. And so that is amazing too. I mean, as, as to me, as amazing as this suddenly, I mean, a suddenly is an exciting thing because it like suddenly and like boom and you're like, oh my God. And it's so great. But then the gradual thing is something that requires more patience because it requires you to walk in a manner that what you desire to see isn't happening yet, but you still have to walk in the manner that you should, regardless of whether or not it has changed. And that in itself is a lesson or a word <laughs> that we need to take with us because how many of us do that? It's a process to get there. I'll tell you, it's a process to get there. It's a process to you know, to be dealing with someone that you cannot disassociate from and their behaviors are impacting you and that you have to change and shift in order to accommodate. And when I say accommodate, I don't mean to not work on the behaviors with them and just accept it, but to accommodate, meaning that if, you know, this is the reaction or the behavior, I then need to do this so it doesn't draw me into a whole vertex of emotional um, havoc, you know, because um, some behaviors can be triggers for you as a person. And, you know, and so it's like you have to shift and change yourself to accommodate in order for you to walk in the best version of who you need to be during that season in the waiting for the change. And then we have to acknowledge that that change may not come today. It may not come tomorrow and it may not come next year. And we have to purpose in our mind and in our heart that we are going to be, um, what's the word? We're going to be solid, consistent. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're going to be consistent even though we don't see the change that we want, even though the behavior that we don't want to see or the, um, if it's a, a, something that just keeps happening, you know, to us, even though we don't want to see that, we don't want to experience that. And it is disappointing to us. It, it makes us frustrated. It makes us angry. It may make us hurt. It may make us feel a whole lot of emotions that are not positive emotions, but to still purpose to walk in the way that is the highest version of ourselves regardless. And to me, to come to the point to say, Lord, I am here. I will do what I need to do and be the me that you intended for me to be, even if it never changes. I think that's the mindset we have to come with because if we are 
constantly at a mindset that this is going to change and you're just waiting. And every time it happens again, then you're so disappointed. You get down, you're emotionally in a, a tailspin. Then you bring yourself back up from that. And then you walk forward with the expectation again that it's going to happen. Then what if it doesn't happen for another five years? What if God is really looking at us to see what we're going to do, how we're going to be to see, are we only going to be this because we have the expectation of change? So we're going to be this way because we have the expectation of change and that's what's in front of us. Or are we going to be with that? Well, or are we going to be that way regardless, even if it never changes that we're going to be who we are as in who he has intended us to be. When we look at Jesus and, you know, what he did on the cross for us, he asked God if there was another way. So he didn't walk forward like, okay, God can change this. My father can change this. And so I'm going to walk forward because I know that he can change this and I may not have to go through this and he can change it. So I don't have to go through this. And that was his intent. No, he walked forward. He asked, but he said, nevertheless. And so he walked forward. He went on that cross. He, they did horrible things to him on that cross. And his mindset was, I am going to be who God put me on this earth to be and intended me to be for the purpose of the redemption of mankind. Even though he didn't change the method through which it was happening. And that to me is such a powerful example of how we need to walk in the earth and who we need to be in situations that are not the best. Are we going to decide to be joyful in places that aren't always the happiest or the that most desirable? Are we going to choose that even though I'm in this place and in this space that I'm going to pull moments and an atmosphere in my mind and in myself and then extend that outwardly. An atmosphere of peace, an atmosphere of joy, an atmosphere of fulfillment and take those moments and not wait till, okay, when this happens and God changes this, then I'm going to be happy. Then I'm going to celebrate. Then I'm going to rejoice. What if his timing isn't for another 10 years. Are you going to sit miserable in that place and space? Just focusing so much on the, I don't want to be in this, the negative that's happening. Or are we going to purpose to shift our atmosphere more to one of enjoyment? And that doesn't mean accepting things that we should not accept. And that doesn't mean working on things or behaviors or uh, positions that we are in, relationships that we are in to make it better or to make it um, um, more solid, more whole and clear out the brokenness of that, but to purpose that we will walk forward in what we know. This is who I know you intend for me to be in this place. And whether or not that is reciprocated from the other party is okay because I'm going to be who you intended me to be. And 
That's all that I can do because I'm going to trust you to take care of the rest of it. The little one that came to us, she came crying a lot. And I, one thing is, you know, with infants, the crying, it can be like, wow. But I have learned headphones. (laughs) I have learned in the season of the last four years, headphones. Because I realized that for me, a lot of emotional movement and undercurrent can be a trigger for me because I'm the type of person, I'm not very emotional. I'm more like, okay, this is an issue that's happening. I will fall apart over it. It's like, okay, what do we need to do? Okay, what do we need to do to fix this, to adjust this, to shift this? What's the solution? And I work towards the solution. That's how I am. So to be in a position of a lot of emotional fallout or fall apart um, type of a thing is has can be a trigger for me. And I have had to learn and walk and work at not allowing it to trigger me. And what do I need to do so that it doesn't? And headphones have been a good thing because I realize that when I have headphones on, and I'm talking about the headphones that cover your ear and have the cushions so it kind of dulls the noise around you, that has been a blessing for me because sometimes I'll wear them and I'm not even listening to anything, but it's just to dull the noise around me a little bit so that I can still focus and function. And so that has been a blessing and also realizing to take time for myself. I was doing something yesterday and um, now we're on a track where I'm kind of figuring out, you know, how to keep her, you know, situated there um, as far as, you know, um, the uh, meds and making sure that when to give them to help keep her on a, uh, you know, to help keep her good internally <laughs> because of the, you know, the difficult the birth experience, as I said, that, you know, affected her. And so it's not her fault. And so, but she is healing from all of that. And so that healing process is that a process. It's a process. And so at times it can be a little challenging, but as I said, I have had to learn to take the time that I need when I need it. Because the one time she, you know, was really, you know, really crying and stuff like that. And, and I made sure she was fed. I made sure she was comfortable. And I went downstairs and I sat for a moment and worked on some stuff. Because I realized definitely in this season, this past season, when I say season, I mean my season, not Corona season, but my season of, you know, securing my children. That if I give out so much of myself that I'm empty, then that is no good for anyone. Because if I don't have anything, then I start to get agitated and, and, and I need to be able to If I'm feeling myself emptying, then I need to refill myself back up so then I can come and now pour into you. I can't pour into you if I am empty because I have nothing to give. And so we're both here frustrated, 
agitated because you need something. I don't have it to give. And we're just in a vortex of chaos. And so I've learned to step away to refill myself and also know what refills me. Sometimes what refills me is just going and sitting for a moment, you know, writing in my journal, watching a show, a comedy or a show, or playing a game on my computer and making sure that I get to the next level. (laughs) It is as simple as that, recharging. So even being aware of the things that recharge you, refill you, because it doesn't take long for me to recharge enough that I can now go back and attend to you. And that's what happened. So I sat for a while, recharged myself, and then I'm like, okay, now I can go back and tend to her. So I went, I picked her up. Well, first I got myself a plate of food. And I got that ready so that I can go and get her. Now, normally by this time, she's in her, you know, she's sleeping, but she was just, you know, on another track that night. And so I, you know, got my food already, heated it up, put it on the table. I got a bottle for her. So if she was hungry, I can, you know, feed her again. Um, And then I went, I got her and I held her in one hand and ate with the other hand. And she just sat quietly. So now I can tend to you. Now, if I had gotten her at the other time, it would have been a point of frustration. And, you know, I would have been agitated. She would have felt that. So then she would have been upset because she can feel that I'm upset. You know, so I had to bring myself back to a center space internally. Get my mind and internally get myself settled and filled enough that I can now attend to you and pour into you. So that's something that I have learned to do. And it could be as simple as I said, just sitting with headphones on to kind of have some silence around my mind and just put my feet up for a little bit and just breathe in and out, just normally in some quiet for a little bit. It could be as simple as that. And I have learned to take those moments because that helps me to keep in a good mental space (laughs) and emotional space. Because when you're dealing with, you know, um, you know, people that have things going on. And if you're dealing with little people that have things going on and, you know, that's different because, you know, they don't have a point of reference to know that, you know, this will pass. You know, it's, it's in the moment. This is what I'm, you know, feeling. This is how I'm. And so they react. They don't have the maturity to do anything other than that. And so. You as the adult, you know, as the parent have to be the one to bring that into the space and guide that. You know, you have to be the head of that train and then you pull the, I'm not even know parts of a train. I'm talking about train. I don't know the different parts, the, you know, the different parts that attach to each other behind of the, the engine. (laughs) Is that what it is? The engine. And you're pulling that train along the track. 
So if one of the cabooses, I guess, is that what it's called? You know, try to kind of shift and possibly come off. Then you, you know, you may move or shift a little bit to get it back on track. And okay, we're following this track. We're not jumping off over into that track. You're, we're following this track. This is where we're going. And to stare that ship and in order to stare that ship or stare that train for me is that I have to be in a, be very mindful about mental and emotional wellness for myself. Because people, when people have, you know, emotional stuff going on and, you know, different things like that, it can tr- draw you into that. And then next, you know, you calm, but now they've brought their on calm. And instead of you affecting the environment or affecting them, they have now affected you and you both off the track now. <laughs> And so I'm not saying this from a point that that has never happened. That happened a lot in the beginning. And I have had to learn, okay, this dynamic needs to change. And how do I change? And it was a process to get there because I had to figure out for me how what I needed to do to change that dynamic and stick with changing that dynamic and not be drawn into this whole thing but more, I'm drawing you over into my peace, not you drawing me over into your chaos. And even though your chaos is valid, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that that's where we're going to be. I'm drawing you over into my peace. And so that's just a bonus of what I was talking about here. But little by little, that process of that was little by little, because a lot in the beginning I would be drawn into the chaos and then we're both off the rocker. We're all off the rocker and the whole house is off the rocker. But I had to be like, okay, I'm the one that's responsible for the atmosphere of my home. I'm the head of this home. So I am responsible for shifting. You need to shift to this, not you're going to create an atmosphere of chaos whether unintentionally, but you're not going to create an atmosphere of chaos. We are in an atmosphere of peace. And sometimes I even say that I'm like, you need to align yourself with what's going on in here. (laughs) Get yourself situated and aligned to what is going on in here. Because this atmosphere is an atmosphere that I am create, I have created and that I am in charge of. And the atmosphere is going to be what I say it's going to be, which is an atmosphere of peace, an atmosphere of wholeness, etc. And that's what we're walking in in this house. And everyone has to align to that. It's not a choice. And so... Little by little, progress is made because by being walking in that, and if you decide that you refuse to align with that, you can go lie down or sit down over there by yourself and think about how you are going to align yourself with the atmosphere that is established in this house. And so 
that has created gradual change. I've realized a drop in the meltdowns and everything like that. And, and so that has been great. And even the little one, you know, she's really, you know, pretty calm. Usually I can see, you know, when there's stuff going on in inside and then, so we're mitigating that. Um, and I've, you know, figuring out, you know, just what we need to do at what times to kind of mitigate, you know, um, that so that she also stays in an atmosphere of peace on the inside. Um, and that has been going pretty well for the, you know, um, past few days, just made a little few changes, you know, here and there and have seen some good results. And so, I want to encourage you today. What you want to do may be little by little, but don't, I guess, dispose of the fact that it is creating change. It may not be as fast as you want it to be. And I can understand how that feels. But I think sometimes if we're like, oh, it needs to happen. And then we just keep in that frame of mind. We're just losing time and, you know, kind of giving away our pieces, pieces of our peace. And so to slow down and still be intentional about how you're moving and flowing. But align your mind with, it doesn't have to be right now. It doesn't have to be this way right now, but I can still take steps towards it. And the steps that I'm taking could be like chopping a tree down. If you're chopping a little tree down, you do a couple whack, whack with a machete and it down. But what if you're trying to chop down a tree that's like six, ten feet tall and the diameter of the trunk is like, you know, two feet. You can't even do that with a machete. Now you have to use a different tool. So what tools do I need to use now? Because the tree that I was chopping down before, I was able to just use a machete because it was just a little sapling. The diameter was maybe, you know, four inches. But now I'm trying to attain to a bigger goal. And this tree has a diameter of two feet. So now the tools that I was using before, I have to adjust. I can't use a machete now. Now I have to use an axe or I have to use a chainsaw. <laughs> so now I have to get the right tools and then I have to strategize differently because this is like, how is it going to fall when I chop it down? You know, when you use a machete, you can hold the top of the little sapling, you chop the bottom and you just take it in your hand and you just throw it where you're going to throw it. But if you do in a tree that's 10 feet tall with a diameter trunk of two feet, you can't catch that. Uh, you don't want to catch that. <laughs> it's going to catch you and you're going to be damaged. But how is it going to fall? Now you have to look and see, okay, how do I cut this so that it falls where it's not going to make any damage to anyone else? If you're cutting a sapling, ain't going to damage nobody. That thing is like, what, three feet? Two, three feet? ain't going to damage nobody if the thing fall, it fall. But if you cut in a tree down that's 10 feet tall, you may be close to a house. You may be close to, you know, 
somebody's property or something. There may be people out playing. You want to make sure that how is this going to fall so that it's causing the least damage. And not only that, but once it falls, I can't just leave it there because this thing big. I'm going to now have to chop it in pieces. I'm going to have to chop it in pieces to make it more easy to dispose of. So this may not even be a quick five-minute job. Of course, it's not going to be a quick five-minute job. This is going to take more time. And we're going to have to approach this little by little. And think about now the strategy, what steps I'm going to need to take. Okay, I chopped the tree down. I have to cut it in pieces. Where am I going to dispose the pieces to? You may have to do a little research on that to see the best way to do that, etc. If you don't have the tools, the proper tools, then you need to go purchase the tools. And I'm not talking about an actual tree. This is uh, an example. Because that tree can be, you know, you started a business and, you know, you're doing what you need to do and what you're doing has been good. But now you see an opportunity from growth for growth. Growth. God has presented an opportunity and direction to you for growth. And so now it's like, okay. I was doing this maybe all on my own, but now if I'm going to expand into that area that God is showing me the opportunity for, I can't do this all myself. Now I need to look into, do I need to get somebody to help me? How am I going to do that? What's the best way to do that, etc. And a lot of times God will present you with opportunities and if you're not looking, you'll miss it. You may say, oh, I'm too busy or I can't do that and or you can have a lot of excuses. I'm going to give you an example. So when I do these podcasts, I normally do it like I'm doing now. I do audio. And I have been thinking because by once again, God presented an opportunity. I have been wanting to grow the platform that I have been building. Like this is something I've been wanting to do for the past, for 10, from beyond 10 years ago, for over 10 years now. And so it just never got past that point and I finally said you know what why can't I do it I can get started this is I can do this now this won't be the bigger vision of what I intend but I can get started and I can do this instead of okay let me find somebody that can you know do this I can do this and then I can you know see how I can partner with other people to bring more value out there And so I would ask different people. And I mean, there's just so many nuggets here because a nugget there is how who you surround yourself with. A lot of times when we're doing something, we go to the people that are connected to us, but they may not have the same vision, etc. And so they are not going to necessarily be the ones to help us in that area. But that's who we will go to automatically. Now, and we won't expand beyond that. And so opportunity came up that I was given uh, a connection. And so, and that connection actually started with me asking the person to do an interview for my blog or my podcast. And then I just happened to say, hey, because that's what I do. (laughs) 
hey, would you be interested in so and so? You know, you have, you're very passionate about what you're saying. You have a lot to say, um, and valuable information. Would you be interested in, in doing this? I'm not expecting that they would actually say yes, because as I said, I've been asking people before and they have n- nobody, you know, wa- was saying yes about it. Um, so I was like, okay. And, you know, so I didn't really, but I, of course I'll ask, you know, you never know, you know? And so they were like, actually, I, I, I would be interested in that. And so I'm like, okay, but then I didn't, you know, follow up on it. Some different things happened. Um, the pandemic, that's what happened. The pandemic happened. Um, cause I did that interview right before the pandemic started. And so, and then the pandemic happened and I got really busy, you know, as I said, with helping this organization. And so that kind of, I put, I ended up putting my stuff on the hold, but then they, and I was like, I really need to get back to that person and get back to, you know, this pandemic isn't ending right now. I'm still doing this. So how can I, you know, still move and do what I need to do to build what I'm building and still help them? Because I put it on the back burner. The pandemic is still here. I still have to move forward. So now how do I need to shift in order to do what I need to do and still be of help over here? And so, um, so we reconnected and that started out and that actually um, um, opened up, um, we call it exposure to other contacts that were actually, you know, in the vein of what I had been looking for. And so one contact I wanted to interview and I was going to do it like I normally do, which is I do I do the audio. And so, but the person that same day was like, is there a link? And I was like, oh, she thought I meant live. And so I'm, and I could have said, because there was a lot going on that day. And I wanted to be like, wow, I uh, want to do live. We may need to change this to a different day. But she, the person was, you know, excited about doing it. And so was I. You know, and so I didn't want to postpone it, but I'm like, well, if we put the information out there, you know, it's only going to be the same day and that's not going to be, you know, as beneficial as being able to do it at least, you know, a few days before um, type of a thing. And so, and I was like, you know what, should instead of, and then I'm going to also top that to say, I had been thinking about doing lives myself because I find when I look at podcasts or um podcasts that I look at, I like actually looking at the person because, you know, you see their expressions and stuff like that. So you're actually watching them. You're not just listening. And so I'm like, I was playing around with the idea of, of doing it. And then I tried it, you know, to do it on my own. I'm like, this is so weird because it's like, I'm looking at myself and talking. Whereas when I'm talking like I am now, I'm just talking. And to me, it's more fluid. I get distracted looking at myself. And so, um, like looking at the camera, you know, type of a thing. And so, um, I was like, okay, what should I do? And I'm like, well, she thinks that it's going to be live. And so she's willing to do live. And I'm like, I've been wanting to do live. And the last time I, you know, kind of see, saw about doing it, it was me doing it on my own. So it was a little weird for me, but this would be me interviewing somebody. So I wouldn't be focusing on looking at myself. I would really be focusing on looking at them. So this would be a perfect opportunity for me to get right into this. 
even though all of this other stuff is happening. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to make room to do it. I'm just going to jump in and do it. It's not going to be the way that I wanted it because I would prefer to put, you know, the um, marketing stuff out there so people can know that it's going on. And I'm like, you know what, that's fine because I can always, you know, um, repost it and everything like that. And so I did that. I told her I would do a flyer. I quickly did a flyer because I didn't even have a, you know, so I did it. And then I, you know, sent it and uh, to her and then put it out there. And then um, came time to do the interview. And then there was something that was going to be going on that evening. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be cutting it really, really, really close. But then that appointment that I had that would have been right before I had to go on it would have really been cutting it close maybe by minutes it shifted and it wasn't happening anymore and I'm like oh my god look at this and I was like this is so awesome because I could have said you know what we're gonna have to do this another day because this is just not the way that I would normally do this. And so I would prefer to do it in this format and make sure I have these things covered so that it's done in the best way possible. And, and then I could have done that. That was my first thought to do. But then I was like, you know, she is so excited about doing this. I don't want to kind of, you know, put it off because I had already put it off till after the holidays. And so I'm like, let's just do it. I'm going to walk forward and do it and just thank you, Lord, that everything will work work out. And when that shift happened with that appointment that I had right before, I was like, look at this. I walked forward and chose to take the opportunity and jump right in and say yes to the opportunity. And God made a way by shifting that appointment to be earlier so that it gave me time, you know, some, a couple of hours time right before the interview so that I can do the things that I wanted to do to prepare for it. So that's going to be my encouragement for you that I'm going to leave off with, leave with you today to walk forward in what you know. If you don't have the whole picture, because I don't think any of us will ever have the whole picture. God doesn't normally do that. <laughs> or he may give you the end result, but he don't tell you the middle and how you is going to get there and everything. But if you walk forward in what you know and what you can do, watch what he does with that. Because it was, so, it blew my mind. It still blows my mind that my first inclination was to just totally change change it so that of a time that would be more convenient for me that I can do the things in the manner that I normally do it. But then I was like, no, jump in. You know, this person wants to do a live and you want to do a live. So jump in. This will get your feet wet. And so I, you know, that's that's what we did. It was a good conversation. I really enjoyed it. And um, so I'm kind of fiddling with the interviews. I will do, you know, video. It may not always be live, but maybe maybe pre-recorded, but that will be uh, visual. And then maybe do uh, these ones by myself 
just audio. But then I will eventually shift to doing that as well with video. And so opportunities, God presents opportunities to us all the time. And we have to be very mindful. And that's another thing about having your atmosphere to be one of peace, one of non-chaos. Because you don't want a lot of noise happening around you that when God is presenting an opportunity and opening a door for you that you don't slam it shut saying, oh my God, there's too much. I have too much going on. I can't do it. And you're not even looking at it. But to be able to pause and say, hmm, I see this opportunity. And to always be on the lookout for those opportunities so that when you catch one that you can start like a computer in your mind going, okay, this, that, but what about this, that? Because I had actually plans. You know, I wanted to get myself some malt. That's what I wanted to do. That was my plans. I wanted to go. And in order for me to get malt, it's like probably an hour and a half round trip. And I was intent on getting my malt. And I had a window of opportunity between because I didn't wasn't taking the baby with me and she was napping. And I wanted to quickly go get my malt and come back and let's have the babysitter to be here. While she's doing, you know, while the kids are down. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go. But when that happened, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to do a flyer, put a flyer out, you know, um, and then I need to, you know, prepare, you know, with this and, you know, and, and everything like that. And so I had to decide that even though I really wanted that malt, I would not be able to make that trip that day because now I need to shift to take time and to make room for this opportunity that God presented me with that I actually desired. And so that is my encouragement for you today. Little by little is not necessarily a bad thing. It's awesome when you see God in those little by littles. Because as I said, God did shift one part of what I desired for him to do as far as taking one thing off of my plate. The next thing, still working on that. But let's be grateful when we see God working in a little by little and be trusting of him because it's like, God, I, you know, I know you, you know, you hear me. I know you see my frustration. I know you see my desire. I really want to get things to be like this that I can do really dedicate my time to what I know that I am supposed to do in this season and time. My kids are young. I want to invest more time and I want to make space for that, but I want to do it in the way that's going to be the least where I'm not leaving like, you know, damage in the wake of me doing that. Not me saying, okay, I can't do nothing else. Everybody, you're on your own. I'm just focusing on this. That may be what I want to say, but I can't do that. I have to be responsible for the things that God has placed within me and connected to me in order to be a blessing to other people. I have to be responsible despite how I feel. And just take the time and be patient and still make the moves to make the shifts and changes that need to be changed. But be patient with the process. That's going to be another another talking session with us. Patience with the process. 
Maybe that'll be the next one that I do. All right. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining Vialog. We'll see you next time.